Joel Tuckabuddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 15th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. shaved. I haven't shaved in like uh, a week. Yeah, like I'm getting that caveman ooga thing going down. When I don't shave, I just feel, I feel like Neanderthal. I feel like I'm want to eat bananas and shit. I went nuts this week. I had like um, like all these, like I had like a bunch of bananas ripening on my counter. And then when I was grocery shopping, I wound up buying a bag of bulk uh, banana chips. So it was just like a fucking week of bananas, a week of beards, a week of monkey. Like, like fucking caveman shit. You know, I'm lopping this fucking beard off first thing in the morning, tomorrow morning. I'm going to keep it for one more day, you know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Shavity, shave, shave, shave. If you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. Yes, I am. Uh, 18 years of experience, diploma in theater arts. Theater arts diploma. I think back to Sunday school, circa 1992. Uh, I don't know. Sunday school, 95 or something. I don't know. I'm like 10 years old, 9 years old. Sunday school. I remember we were reenacting the crucifixion of Christ. (laughs) You know, a little light Sunday fair for the children. We're going to act out the murder of Jesus. So, you know, of course, I didn't get to play Jesus. You know, fucking chubby little black kid. He can't play Jesus. But I got to play a Roman guard. I got to play one of the Roman guards who got to, like, uh, escort Jesus to his uh, crucifixion. Step right this way, right this way, young savior. Execution, crucifixion, right this way. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm playing like one of the little Roman uh, ushers that uh, facilitate Christ's murder. So I'm standing there pretending to be like a Roman guard and then the stupid little kid playing Jesus, right? This fair-skinned young boy or whatever, right? <laughs> Smooth young boy. I guess he comes walking down the aisle, pretending to carry a cross. (laughs) They whipped me and beat me, called me the king of the Jews, and they put a thorn on my head. (laughs) He's coming down the aisle pretending to be Jesus, right? So then, like, you know, true to my acting nature, my actor's instinct, you know, I rough him up a little bit. I'm like, ah, get over here, and I grab him, right? He goes, (laughs) I guess I grabbed him a little too hard. I remember, like, accidentally, like, it was a pure accident, I remember. 
Like, I remember I reached out to grab him, right? And I kind of hit him in the stomach accidentally with my arm. Like, I swear to God, I was just trying to, I don't know, I was just trying to, I remember I was just trying to play act. I was like, you know, I was supposed to be the fucking, I was supposed to be a Roman executioner, a Roman fucking murderer. So I'm just trying to get into character. I'm like, get over here. <laughs> I guess I hit him in the stomach a little too hard. <laughs> he fucking falls to the ground, starts whimpering in front of the whole fucking uh, congregation, in front of the whole Sunday class. <laughs> He's whimpering. <laughs> He's holding his stomach, right? The uh, Christ actor. The Jesus uh, pantomime. And he's he's holding his stomach and shit, right? Then the Sunday school teacher looks at me like, what the fuck? So, yo, I'm an actor. Like, what the fuck, man? You know? You got to do it from the gut. You got to do it from the soul. None of this half-assed fucking, you know, just playing the character, right? Jesus Christ, take a joke. (laughs) Anyway, yes. It's been in my blood for a very long time. This acting, thespian nature that I have in me comes out every now and then. Once in a blue moon. The acting, thespian nature comes out in me, especially when I have a beard. That's another thing actors seem to want to do. Like, um, older... Uh, actors, like once they get into their 50s, here's what it is. You're trying to hold on to your youth as long as you can in this business, in life in general, in general, right? So, you know, you play the smooth young boy as long as you can, right? You're shaving your beard, you're shaving your beard. Then as soon as you get to like, you know, in your late, I'm not there yet, all right? Fingers crossed. I still got, I still got a little bit of oomph. I got still a little bit of oomph in me yet, right? But when you get a little bit older, that's when you start to try to get cute, isn't it? You know, you see all these older actors like in their 50s and 60s and they're growing these um, ironic beards and, you know, they grow these disheveled beards and they get their hair done and they sit there with their legs crossed with this real sardonic, smug fucking look on their face. The fucking Robert Downey Jr.'s, brilliant, of course, but still, they still, they got this, you know, arrogant little fucking Mark Ruffalo 10-day shadow going and they're just eh, eh, sitting there all quaint looking. It's a fucking disgusting nightmare. I'm shaving this fucking beard tomorrow. What's next? Cute, colorful glasses? That's another thing that actors try to do, too, to try to look cute. They get these, like, funky glasses, and... Ooh, aren't I a fucking riot? Aren't I a fucking laugh a dozen? Get the fuck out of here. Fucking idiot. Um, yes, so actor extraordinaire. <clears throat> uh, I am also a alcoholic. Oh, <laughs> my life's in turmoil. no. I'm actually two years, seven months sober. If you need recovery in your life, please go out there and get it. What I did was I got into a 12-step program. Now, a 12-step program, um, that's just, I don't know, a technical definition. I, I got into a society, an alcoholic society, where we meet together and we, we practice different uh, steps of recovery. And when I say it's a program, it is not anything that you have to officially subscribe to. If you're looking for recovery, this is not an official uh, mandate. You don't have to give up your phone number, your email. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe. All you have to do is show up of your own will 
and be a part of a community of people trying to be sober. Nobody's going to try to push any agenda on you. It's very non-denominational. It's very uh, for you to discover. So don't let any fucking uh, misconception misguide you. A lot of these recovery groups, they're very non-denominational. They're geared towards including people. You know, we're not trying to push an agenda, sell an agenda. There's no fees, no dues. There's no, oh yeah, after 30 days, we're going to need a credit card deposit or some shit, right? Like, it's just purely yours to discover. Take up the opportunity if you can. Another thing that's really helped me in my recovery is the acronym HALT. HALT stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. When you're, when you're one of those four things, in life in general, but especially as an alcoholic, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that's where the irritability, that's where the bad decision making, that's where a lot of the uh, emotional nonsense can come from. A lot of the tension, anxiety, X, Y, and Z. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So if you're in recovery or you need recovery or you're just trying to chill out in life and live a very calm life, keep that in mind. You know, you find yourself blowing a fuse. Oh, I'm in a bitch mood. I'm pissy. What the fuck? I hate everything. Think about it. Maybe you're just hungry. Maybe you're just angry. Ugh, fuck, I'm angry. Ugh. Well, okay, you're angry. So realize it. You're angry. Okay. Recognize that. Work to rectify that. Maybe you're just lonely. <laughs> Where's my teddy bear? You know, maybe you're just lonely. Or maybe you're tired. Oh, fuck, I would just work the fucking graveyard shift. I can't fucking sleep. Shut the fuck up and just go, go take a nap, all right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Hallelujah. I am also a janitor. Yes, I am. I startled a woman. <laughs> I startled a woman at work the other day as a janitor. Uh, you know how sometimes with bathrooms, have you ever taken a dump in a public bathroom? <laughs> sometimes with bathrooms, uh, there's like the double door. You know what I'm talking about? You open the first door and there's like a little foyer that leads into a second door, which is actually the bathroom. You feel me on that? You open the first door, there's like a little corridor or foyer going into the next door, which is the actual bathroom, right? So I'm opening the foyer door, the little holding door. I open the door, and as I'm opening it, a woman is coming straight out of the bathroom, and she looks at me, she grabs her chest. I'm like, oh, well, hi. Uh, just uh, here to scrub a toilet? Oh, it's you. Silly of me, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. And she like walks past me. <laughs> Startling women at work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I remember she clutched her, she clutched the top of her tits, you know, um, her collarbone, her clavicle, whatever, like her collarbone, she just clasps it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm not scaring and terrifying everybody at work. I actually made a new friend at work um, over at uh, 
this building that I work at, uh, there's several buildings that I work at within the company. One of them, there's this new guy, and I, I call him Splash. You know? He's this little Filipino guy, Splash. Now, Splash, uh, you know why I nickname him Splash? He's one of those uh, voyeuristic little hedonistic little weirdos. Hi, hi, so good to see you, hi, hi. He's just like this little gay Filipino guy. Hi. And he's always saying hi to me and shit, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm mopping a floor, right? I'm mopping a floor. And um, all of a sudden, you know, I see Splash and he's waving at me. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Hi. And uh, I'm like, don't get cute with me, Splash. Because how I met Splash was one day I was um, plunging a toilet, right? Somebody really crammed a fucking tampon down this toilet. Somebody really shit and clogged this toilet. So I'm, pl- I'm plunging away at this fucking toilet. In comes Splash, right? And um, I kind of gave away the joke to begin with, but uh, you know why I call him Splash is he's one of those little weirdos who like he stood at the at the urinal. He's like a foot and a half away from the urinal. I mean, you could tell he's one of those um, show-and-tell type of pissers, right? So he's like a foot and a half away from the toilet, whips his cock out, he starts pissing. And piss is just going everywhere. I'm like, what in the fuck? You know, is that the way you do it at the bathhouse? Like, would you just fucking take a step forward and piss in the urinal, you fucking idiot? But uh, I don't know. Splash. So it's kind of funny whenever he sees me. Hi, good morning. Hi. Hi. How are you? And he's like waving at me. Hi. I'm like, oh, hi, Splash. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, making friends at work, startling women, you know. It's a great life as a janitor. I highly recommend it to anybody. Especially a person who doesn't give a bumbleclut fuck about nothing. You want a job that doesn't remind you of anything. You want a job where you can just, you know, go make a decent living. Have, um, well, not a decent living. <laughs> but, like, you know, it pays slightly better than minimum wage. It, uh, it's a full-time job. There's benefits. And there's job security. And it keeps me in the game of performing. Right? Because I'm an actor, as I mentioned. I'm a performer. And, um... I need a job where I can go through during the day with low stress, low accountability, low blah, 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 and then focus on my main shit as soon as I get off work. My day doesn't even really start until, ding, I punch the fuck out of that place and walk out the door. That's really when my day starts because then that's when I'm on my grind. Going to work during the day is just, you know, it's maintenance. It's the little shit shit you got to do in life to get to the next place. You find yourself putting in extra hours at work, you're doing that to get to the next place. You're, you're doing this, you're doing that, it's just shit you gotta do. It's collateral damage. It's just the name of the game. This is life. You know? But what did Kanye say, West say? Life is a uh, depending on how you dress it. That's good. Life's a bitch depending on how you dress it. <laughs> good old Kanye. Last of all, uh, I am a stand-up comedian. Yes, sir. 11 years of experience, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. I did an interesting little gig last night myself. I was on stage last night. And, uh, you know, 
that's actually going to be something I'm going to be talking about in this episode. It's a very interesting little uh, segment I got coming up on that because, um, you know, in business, in life, in general, there's tension and then there's, uh, there's uh, what do you call it? There's beefs, you know? I'm one of those comics where it's like, as far as I can tell, I'm in an industry that's very competitive with a lot of egos flying around, including my own. And sometimes you butt heads with people. Sometimes you butt heads and you beef. And um, I had a little comedy beef with this dude. And uh, But hey, we kind of iron things out. I'm going to get to that earlier, <coughs> rather later in the program. So there you have it. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, comedian. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the government of Canada. A theme that I've been talking about lately is um, environmental measures. There's been a few things going on um, as of late. Um, Canada was involved with a little uh, kerfuffle with the Philippines. We had shipped over 69 containers of household rotted garbage to the Philippines under the guise of, um, oh, it's clean, recyclable material. You can recycle it. I guess there's money in that, whatever. It was, it was shipped over with um, the illusion of, oh, it's a clean, recyclable uh, load you're getting a recyclable load. You're three R's on this bitch, right? A recyclable load, but it turned out it was all just household fetid garbage. Well, the Canadian government, we uh, eventually through social media, the Filipino people tweeting and messaging about how um, you know Canada basically fucked them, and they want to start a war with us. We're going to war with the Canadian government. The Filipino people, we are going to war. Get rid of this garbage. So anyway, uh, happy ending. The garbage got shipped back to Canada. $1.14 million price tag, but hey, someone had to pay for it. Someone had to deal with it. We're a prosperous nation. They're a developing nation. It's our garbage. We should deal with it. Duh. So that was in the news recently, but also on the heels of that, something good, another good thing to come out of that is, um, I don't know if it came directly out of that, but it's, it's correlated, it's related. Um, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau announces, um, going into 2021, Canada's moving towards a ban on disposable plastics, you know? Disposable plastics being coffee cup lids, uh, grocery store bags, takeout uh, Tupperware. You know when you go to like, I don't know, Fat Bastard Burrito or whatever and they, and they put your burrito in a fucking, uh, that's a bad example, I don't know. You know when you go get sushi and they put it in that little plastic little case? That shit just ends up in a garbage landfill somewhere. Who knows when the fuck or how it gets disposed of, right? So they're, they're moving away in 2021 from disposable plastics. 
that's big. That's going to be big for the environment. That's cool. Hopefully, we can uphold that. Because you know how it is. People talk, people talk. But does it ever really get done? Like, I've noticed as a janitor, as a janitor, I've noticed, at my workplace, they, they use a lot of, um, what do you call it? Paper. Cardboard-coated paper for a lot of their takeout which is a lot more biodegradable, a lot better, easier on the environment, I'm assuming. So, uh, you know, why not do that? Something like that. Get rid of these plastics, you know? The turtles are fucking sick of it. You see that poor turtle that got a fucking straw in the nose? Poor little bugger. He was on the news um, this year, I guess, this past year probably. You know, this fucking sea turtle. Go take a look at it. It's online. It was a big sensation online. That's what kind of spurred the online movement to move away from straws. This poor little sea turtle, he's swimming around out there. He gets a fucking Starbucks fucking straw up the fucking nose. And they show this video clip of it getting pulled out of his nose, right? And he's just like, this screaming little turtle. So fucking sad, man. And, you know, it's good. It's good. It's for the future, you know what I mean? It's for the world we live in. Um, I want to get more involved in that type of stuff. Um, But I don't want to talk to a Greenpeace canvasser. Don't fucking talk to me, Greenpeace canvassers. Greenpeace is an awesome organization. As far as I know, they started in the 70s in Vancouver. And they had some crazy, crazy fucking... I talked about this before, but they've had some crazy expeditions, man. Their first expedition was to like... They were, okay, somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> I guess if they're, they're flying, if they're, I guess if they're shooting out from Vancouver, so they're on the Pacific Ocean, and they're going out by a boat to take on a whaling vessel. This Russian whaling vessel is harpooning, uh, I guess, blue whales, I think it was. But anyways, a whale, like shooting whales. For cosmetic, uh, for their oil, whale oil, and whale blubber, and this, that, and the other, but their oil, they're harpooning and killing, (laughs) fucking shooting a whale in the head, harpooning it, for its oil, killing whales, and Greenpeace went, and they fucking stuck it to the man, they went out, and there was, there's a video of this, you can watch a documentary on, uh, YouTube, um, they went out single-handedly on their own vessel, and they, they went and they fucking went face to face with these whaling vessels. Like, yo, fuck up off, get the fuck up off these whales. The fuck's wrong with you? You're killing whales? So they, they're such an intense organization. I got mad respect for Greenpeace. But just not their canvassers, right? Fuck off. I was walking down the street the other day. Do you got a moment for Greenpeace? I don't got a moment for nothing, buddy. Get the fuck out of my way. You're boomba clut, you're rods clut. And I just walk right past them, right? <laughs> but yes, Greenpeace. Uh, amazing organization, man. And uh, in my future, I want to get more involved in things like that. Maybe not the organization, but just more conscious and more aware. You know? I love Mother Earth. Here's something weird. It's kind of like the Matrix, you know? People talk about, like, um, you know, the Matrix that we're plugged into and the Matrix that just naturally exists in life. There's different matrixes, obviously. You know, there's matrix one. Uh, there's matrix two, reloaded. There's matrix three, uh, you know, um, 
reload it again. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck, but like there's different like mainframes and shit. Like for example, we're taught to play to place all our intention on the man-made nine to five matrix. Everything in life is about the nine to five matrix. You wake up in the morning, you make a cup of coffee, you go to work, you pay your taxes, you pay your bills, you get married, you have a kid, uh, you buy a car, blah, 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 doo, 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 doo. it's like, that's the matrix where you put your attention. Where it's like, well, what about the other matrix? Well, what about the other laws of nature? Matrixes of nature, like um, squirrels and shit. Birds. Like, you ever be watching nature and be like, no, there's an actual other world of life going on, like an ecosystem. There's like, you ever just be watching what's going on with the squirrels and the birds and they're running around and they're living life and they're, there's a whole other world. You know what I mean? A whole other matrix. It's like the environment. It's like, we're, we're a part of that. You know what I mean? That's why, like, sometimes it just dumbfounds me where it's like, you need to be at work at this time. I'm late every day for work. And my answer is, you know what? I was taking my time looking at the squirrels and talking to the birds and shit. I'm a, they're my family too, you know? Like, don't rip me away from my family. Don't rip me out of my world. I'm a part of that world too. Why the fuck do I have to place every waking moment on, you know, oh, did you file your taxes? Did you fucking um, wipe your ass and pay your bills this month? Like, what about just the laws of nature? You know what I mean? So aren't, aren't you, don't we have, don't we have a right to be a part of that world too? Why were you late today? Oh, I was laying on the grass, talking to the pigeons. What, what, what do you mean you were talking to the pigeons? I was talking to the fucking pigeons. That's exactly what I mean. I, I saw my pigeons. Hey, what's up? And I laid down on the park and was talking to the pigeons. Whatever the fuck it is you want me to do, it can wait. I don't have to jump out of bed every fucking morning to be here exactly on time. <clears throat> I know, immature, stupid, unrealistic, but um, sometimes that's really how I feel. You know? Anyway. Going forward, that's what I want to do. Place more emphasis on environmental issues. It's interesting to me, man, because the world's so beautiful. You know, I'm looking out the window at the trees and shit like that. They're truly beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> Brings a tear to my eye. Um, so some of the reasons why I'm so, like, grateful for the environment and shit is because, you know, the world of technology is a ball buster. So check this, man. This week, I just upgraded my internet. Um, I wanted some faster upload speed because um, as I host my show, Our Righteous Mike, that's the comedy show I produce in downtown Toronto, at Cranberry's Restaurant. Yes, charming little hole in the wall, you know. Come out, get a fucking steak, a fucking salmon filet, some garlic shrimp. Mm, try the garlic shrimp, senor. Oh, the buttered chicken, senor. Oh, it's to die for. So succulent. Yeah, come out and have a fucking, you know, bite to eat. Couple laughs, couple guffaws. Cranberry's Restaurant. Charming little hole in the wall. That's where I host my show, Our Righteous Mike. Every second Thursday of the month. Details on my website. Come out and see us. We'd love to have you. Anyway, 
I had to upload, I had to upgrade my internet service because um, I wanted some faster upload time because um, I've been recording all the comic sets, you know, the comics that come on the show, I record their sets and then, um, you know, I edit it and I send it to them. Well, to upload that video, it usually takes like forever with the previous speed I had. I had like a uh, a one megabyte per second upload. One megabyte per second upload speed. So it took a fucking dog's age for shit to get uploaded. So I upgraded my service to like 25 megabytes per second download and... 10 megabyte per second upload. That's very decent. It's good It's good for my purposes. So, um, anyways, it was a fucking ball buster. Check this. So I'm on the phone with my provider, Akanak. Now, they're a subsidiary of Bell. Um, a lot of what goes on in Canada, from what I heard, I never really did much research into this, but this is like what people generally believe when I talk to people. Some of the big boys in the game of communications are like Bell, Rogers, TELUS. Now, they own these satellites, these uh, internet towers, and they um, provide internet service. Now, these, these cell towers, these satellites, these internet towers, whatever, what they do is subsidiary companies form like, uh, you know, cheaper versions of a communications provider. Like, I'm with Akanak. They're like a subsidiary of Bell. So they, they're a company that provides internet service, but their internet comes from the towers and the lines and the fiber optics of Bell. Follow? Stupid, are you listening? So that's what's up. My provider is a subsidiary of Bell. Now, what happens when you get these subsidiary companies from the major companies is they're fucking morons. That's the whole fucking point of it. Oh, sure, we offer a cheaper service, but we're dummies. We're so stupid. We're dumb-dumbs. They're just fucking morons. Absolute fucking boneheads. So this company, man, they can never just fucking... I call them up. Akanak. I met them at Walmart. Some stupid lady in a smock at Walmart. She's like, Excuse me, sir, have you ever heard of Akanak? Are you looking for home internet, sir? Try Akanak. I was like, okay, I'll give them a try. So the service is good because, you know, like I said, they, the lines, the lines are, the, the satellite, the whatever, the fucking internet line, it all comes from Bell. So it's it's a good service. But the, Customer service blows. So I'm on the phone with these bozos, right? I'm like, hi, I'd like to upgrade my internet service. Well, sir. Okay, sir, but first I'm going to tell you, sir. Sir, first I'm going to tell you, you need a new modem, and you need a new modem, and you have to buy a new modem. And if you want to upgrade your service, you need a new modem. And Akanak will not be responsible for any um, disruption in service. Will not be responsible for any um, major outage. Will not be, you need a new modem. Your modem is not compatible. You need a, uh, you have an, uh, you have a, you have a ADSL modem, and you want to upgrade to the VSL modem. And I'm telling you right now, Akanak will not be. Listen, bozo, bonehead, calm down. My modem is compatible with VDSL. And for all y'all laymans out there, it's just, 
it doesn't fucking matter. If you want to know about internet, all you got to do is just learn a few terms. Google it. What is fast internet? They'll tell you. You don't have to be a fucking brainiac. You don't have to be a fucking internet surgeon to learn how to... Basically, VDSL, whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. All I know is that sometimes modems have to be VDSL compatible to get certain service. My modem is VDSL compatible. They're trying to tell me it's not compatible. So I'm telling them, actually, no, sir. My modem is VDSL compatible. Whatever the fuck that means, I don't even know what it means. All I know is the box on my modem says it's VDSL compatible. No, sir, no, no. Akanak will not be responsible for any... No, the modem has to be compatible. It's not VDSL compatible. And uh, I, I will look... You need to buy a new modem and... Le- Dude, it's compatible. Okay, one second, please, one second, please. Puts me on hold. Okay, yes, I, I, actually, I looked it up, and it, it turns out that your modem is compatible, and, uh, and that's a good thing, so your modem is compatible, and uh, we, 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 we'll, we'll upgrade your service, and we're going to send you an email about what time we can upgrade your service. Listen, can we set up a fucking date here? What do you mean you're just going to tell me? Like, you got to talk to me, communicate with me. I can't, yo, like, you got to ask me when you can come and set the service up, bro. I can't just... You can't just force dates and times upon me. I'm the fucking customer here. No, no, no. We will we'll send you an email telling you when the modem will be upgraded. Is there anything else I can help you with? Fucking idiot. No, thank you. So then they send me some time when they're going to send and upgrade my modem. Uh, my internet speed. So they set a date, date and time. Bada bing, bada boom. It's all good. The technician comes out. The technician was cool. He was this Rasta man, yeah, man. He comes in my apartment. And I have like a, I got this big uh, picture of Bob Marley on the wall, right? Bob Marley, man, yeah, man. One love, man, yeah, man. <laughs> the technician dude, right? I'm like, yo, bro, you want a fucking coconut water? <laughs> want some sparkling water or something, bro? Oh, no, man, everything be here. That's good, man. Let me fix this internet. So then he goes and he's fixing the internet and shit. I'm like, one love, bro. So I'm chilling with this technician. He was cool. So he's setting up the internet and shit. Turns out we need... Um, we need... Um, well, no, he goes, um, by the way, man, uh, what unit do you live in? I live in unit uh, 401. Oh, well, uh, the thing is, the, the, the service order said that you live in uh, unit uh, 502. You, you need to talk to your provider because sometimes when they be calling to do the service repairs, it might be a problem. So you, you better talk to your provider because we got you down here as unit 401, but you're unit 502. So you better talk to your provider, straighten that out with your provider, man, because there might be a problem some time in the future. We come to do some work on the problem and uh, we, we can't get into the building. So you got, you got to let your, your provider know. It's like, walk on, brother. No problem, brother. No problem, Dread. So I'm on the phone and we got to do the final touches. We got to get um, the service provider to push in a couple buttons, which activates the service and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm back on phone. I'm back on the phone with these fucking idiots, right? 
Okay, so okay, we're just going to do one last thing here. We're going to, we're going to make the modem compatible, and we're going to we're going to make the modem compatible, and we're almost there. So thank you, thank you for the patience. Okay, cool. Uh, by the way, um, the technician told me. Um, the, te the technician said, um, "You guys have the wrong address for me. I live in Unit Five Hundred Two, and they're saying that you have me down for Unit Four Hundred One." Okay, so let me let me look at the records. You said you live in unit. Uh, oh, sorry, you said you live in unit uh, uh, five hundred two. Yes. Okay, let me put you on hold for a moment. Put you on hold. They put me on hold. Five minutes elapses. Okay, sorry, 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 let me put you on hold. Uh, yes, you say you live in unit, uh, you live in unit, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, you say you live in unit uh, uh, 502. Uh, what have you done for unit 401? Uh, I'm going to send you to the customer service department. I'm going to transfer you to the customer service department, and they're going to uh, uh, readjust your, your information. So uh, please bear with me, sir. I'm going to put you on hold for one more minute, and I'm going to transfer you to the, the customer service department okay puts me on hold another five minutes elapses hello uh, hello uh, sorry for that uh, you put uh, we put uh, sorry we put you on hold uh, 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 yes uh, so um, my my colleague uh, my colleague says that uh, uh, my colleague says that you have the wrong information for your apartment. Uh, you, uh, you have, uh, you, li <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, my colleague says that uh, you live in unit, uh, <clears throat> you live in unit uh, 502, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, okay, okay, so uh, the problem is that uh, it's mandatory that uh, we have the right uh, information on your, uh, your, 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 it's mandatory that we have the right information on your, uh, on your, your uh, file. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to transfer, uh, we're going to transfer your account from unit uh, uh, five, five, 401, we're going to transfer your, your account from unit 401, to unit 502. Uh, so, uh, in order to do so, uh, in order to do so, um, uh, we're going to have to reschedule an appointment. Uh, uh, what time is most uh, appropriate for you? Uh, excuse me? Yes, uh, yes, we're going to have to reschedule uh, uh, an appointment. The technician come back to... Uh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. This, how is this my fucking problem? How is this my problem? You guys, if you guys have the wrong information, you guys deal with that. It's not my problem, man. I, I have my service. I'm not rescheduling no appointments. I don't ever want to meet you people. No. I'm sorry, sir. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. We have to reschedule a technician visit to change over the service. Obviously, I've had service for the last two years I've been with you guys. What do you mean you need to send another? Uh, sir, it's mandatory. You people are a fucking nightmare. It just blurted out of me. It just blurted out of me. I, I, I had to say it. I'm like, you people are a fucking nightmare.
Yes, sir, I understand that we're a nightmare. Sorry, sir, but we're going to have to make an appointment and blah, blah, blah. So why not, they wind up setting me up with this appointment and, you know, water off a duck's ass. My internet works, but now they have to set, set up another appointment where they come down and reconfigure the, you know, and, uh, you know, in that moment, I lost my patience. And I was thinking about that. That's what it taught me. Because I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes if you budget your patience, it doesn't pay off because the game of life is um, uh, unpredictable. Because in my head, I was like, okay, as long as I have patience enough enough to listen to these idiots stutter and stammer their way through this customer service call, as long as I have the patience to get through the call, I'm good. I didn't just say to myself, have patience. I said, have as much patience as it requires. You know, only as much as it requires and no more. Well, the problem is it's unpredictable and sometimes you get thrown a curveball, you know? So I didn't budget for the fact of having extra patience, right? Uh, sorry, sir. It turns out we have to make another service call to your home. What is a good time to set up this fucking meeting? I'm like, oh, my God. And that's when I snapped. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want to ever see you people again. And, um, you know, but hey, whatever, man. That's patience. You got to learn how to deal with it and... You know, life will throw you curveballs and this, that, and the other. For example, I was talking about earlier with the comedy beef. I had beef with um, this comedian. Uh, he runs a show. Now, I went down and I did his show last night, but we hadn't been in communication for a while. Hey, he's just, in my perspective, a very obnoxious dude. Like, when he's hosting a show, he'll be like, Okay, uh, please bring up your next comedian, so-and-so. And after he brings up that comedian, he'll go to the back of the room and start chatting with people. Oh, hey, what's up, man? I've been talking. So you'll be on stage doing your set, and you're looking at the back of the room, this loud, obnoxious MC, the host, he's just blabbing away. So he had all these little character traits, all this shit that just, just showed me he was a very new and obnoxious comedian. And not only that, he's very cocky. Well, we always had beef. So anyways, I went to a show last night, right? As I mentioned, um, or I don't know if I mentioned, but he produces shows, this comic that I have beef with. So I went and did his show last night. Um, somebody else booked me on his show. <laughs> like, the host of his show. Like, he produces the show. Then there's a host of the show. And that host booked me. You follow? So the obnoxious comedian that I butt heads with, he produces a show, and the host of the show that he produces booked me on that show. So I show up to the show, and he's out front, the comedian that I, beat, I beef with. Oh, hey, Jonathan, how's it going? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. We shake hands. Then he starts fucking with me. Ram Charan. Ramtran, what does that rhyme with? Ramtran, like hamburger and yeah, Ramtram burger. Would you would you eat a Ramtram burger? Have you had a Ramtram burger and 
mattresses. And like he's, he's making these stupid little, I don't even, I guess you could call them jokes. I, I don't know what they were. He's just basically trying to riff. Or he's basically fucking with me and trying to, I don't know what, but he's fucking with me. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever, ha, ha, ha. And then he goes, um, he goes, uh, what do you do for a living? And I go, uh, well, I'm a custodian. Now, I could have, I knew he was baiting a trap to fuck with me, you know, to insult me. And uh, I, I, I played it like fucking Antonio Montana. Because, like, do you remember in Scarface when um, Omar comes to meet up with uh, Tony and Manuel when they first get to Miami and they're working in that little kebab cafe? The kebab cafe? cafe? Um, you know, they meet up with Omar and Manolo, uh, he fucking takes off the apron and fixes his hair and he goes out to the limo to meet Omar, the drug dealer. Fucking Antonio Montana. He comes around the corner, hairnet on, apron on, fucking sleeves rolled up like he was washing dishes. Fuck it, I am who I am. I'm not going to curtail and bow to anybody. I knew this guy was baiting a trap for me. So what do you do for a living? I'm a janitor. What do you guys say about that? So then he's just like, oh, okay, janitor. So then he starts doing like a jingle. Ram Churan, why scrub a toilet anywhere else? I, I don't know. He, is that funny to you? <laughs> he's, so he's on stage and he's just like, Ram Churan, why buy a mat? Why scrub a toilet anywhere else? Like, he's singing to me and shit, like fucking with me. I, I don't know, right? I'm just sitting there in the audience. I'm just like, okay, whatever. So then. He's basically throwing his testicles around, right? Being all cocky and shit. Talking shit at me. Ram Charan's a janitor. Why scrub a toilet anywhere else? And I'm like, well, because it's my job. I don't know. They pay me to do it. Like, I got benefits. You know, I'm a comedian. I'm an actor. I'm a hustler. I'm a podcaster. I'm a person who didn't take shit. Do whatever I want. No complaints, no qualms, no queries, nothing live a good life, like, that's why I do it, like, is there a joke coming, do you got a point to what the fuck you're saying, like, I don't get it, so he's up there acting like an asshole, being all cocky with me and shit, so now I'm just like in a fucking place of like, you know what, let me just go up there, do my set, and get the fuck out of here, so I go on stage, I do my set, and um, you know, I'm already in a fucked up mind state, feeling kind of just like, I just want to get the show over with and get the hell out the door. And sometimes that's just how you have to do it. Sometimes you just got to bury your head down, do the work, and get the fuck out the door. You know what I mean? So I get on stage and uh, immediately, you know, there's this lady in the audience. So I open up with, um, hey everybody, how the hell are you? Woo! I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Go Raptors. Passive-aggressive. Now, what I'm starting to notice is a lot of hecklers are middle-aged people. 
old people and middle-aged people. It's actually quite funny. It's like, here you are, like a 50-something-plus-year-old woman. You can't just sit there, shut the fuck up, realize that there's a show in progress. It's a rhetorical question. Hey, everybody, how the hell are you? Woo! I'm good. How are you? No, she wants to speak out. She wants to be heard. She's, she's coming at me negatively. She's letting, me, she's letting it be known. I'm somebody and you should be thankful that I'm here. That's the vibe she's putting out. No gratitude, no humility. It's funny how people are. She's like a fucking middle-aged woman. It's like, really? 55 plus years old and you're still just a stupid cunt? Like, really? So, you know... Then she put in the little chime, Go Raptors! You're throwing me shit that's not helpful. You're being destructive. But hey, luckily I had some Raptors jokes, right? Because the Raptors... Oh, God bless the Raptors, NBA champions, first time in franchise history. Canadian uh, Raptors... But I'm not a bandwagon person. I don't, I don't follow them that much at all, really. But it's good for the city. It's good for the Raptors. Congratulations. Luckily, I had some Raptors jokes, right? Because now she's bringing me down a path I didn't want to go down. I wanted to work on my material. But now she's interrupting. She mentioned the Raptors. Okay, I'll riff about the Raptors for a minute, then get into my set. So I get into my set. And um, like I said, the dude being all cocky, the comic that I have beef with, he's being all cocky earlier and stupid audience member. Plus, too, it was at a coffee shop, right? It's like I'm at a fucking train station. Every two seconds, people are over there making cappuccinos and shit. Holy fuck. So, like, in between a joke, I'll be like, yeah, so anyways, I'm at the bank and, uh, you know, holy shit. I'm at a fucking Shining Time station over here, right? So, I did my set. It went okay. Um, I actually got a good little chime in on that woman. That woman I told you who was kind of piping up and heckling at me. She, uh, she was wearing these earrings. And they looked like IUD, interurian, interurian device. If you've ever seen these things. It's, it looked like some kind of birth control contraption. These earrings she had, IUD, inner uterary device, whatever the fuck they're called, IUD. So I was kind of stumbling over that too. I was like, those earrings you wear, they look like a IU, like a diaphragm or something. She goes, actually, no, a diaphragm's round. These are um, IUD. You know, see, I got something to teach you. I'm like, yeah, I bet you can teach me something. That did get a laugh, you know, and I just went filthy on her. Yeah, I got, yeah, we can put those fucking IUDs to work tonight, honey. What are you doing later? How's the cappuccino? You're pretty good looking for a 55-year-old-plus woman. I just kind of got into it with her, right, putting down the sex vibe. And she goes, oh, I walked right into that one, and she puts her head down or whatever. And, you know, but see, like, you could totally tell, writhing under what the fuck was with her, writhing underneath her all, was um, animosity, you know? I got to teach you something. You know, she's giving me these smart-ass answers and shit and talking to me like an asshole. You could totally tell a fucking idiot when you meet one. I swear to God, open your eyes in life, people. When you see a fucking idiot, trust your gut. That's a fucking idiot. People sometimes have little passive-aggressive, weirdo ways in which they talk. 
And when they're coming at you with that negativity, that's a good sign that you don't need to know them. You know what I mean? I could tell from the fucking second she opened her mouth, that's a person I don't want to know. At the very least, she's negative. Anyways, I was funny. I got off stage in one piece. I didn't give a fuck. Sometimes you just got to get out of there. Usually I like to sit around and be supportive of the show, but I, I got off the stage, I shook hands with the MC, and then I was out the fucking door. Just left. You know, I didn't give a fuck how it looked. Sometimes you just got to go. Sometimes in life you just got to go. When you, you know, you're in a situation, you get the dismount, and then you go. Hey, I'm in a situation, don't really want to be here, I don't got to be here, just leave casually. Don't make a big scene or whatever, just... If you don't want to be somewhere, just go. So that's what I did. And um, I didn't make a big, you know, make a big deal of it or anything. I just kind of just left. But then I got to thinking about that comic that I was beefing with. Now, this is stupid. You know, he's being all arrogant and obnoxious to me. Ram Turan, why scrub a toilet anywhere else? Like talking shit at me and stuff. And granted, I know a lot of this. Well, I don't know how this is being perceived. But it's a lot of this is passive aggressive tone. Passive aggressive and um, what, what, what they call, um, what do they call? Subtext. When somebody says something to you like, oh, you look good today. Just that little subtext of, well, is that an insult? They're fucking with me? Words, insults, subtext. Uh, Passive-aggressive. So there's a lot of underlying shit that I have to admit is number one in my perspective, my perception, and number two, it's in my experience because I have experience as a performer and I know about the ego and I know about the fucking performer's ego and the fucking competitiveness. Competitiveness. So um, there was some of that going on for sure. And, um, you know, all I knew was, you know, he's being obnoxious and cocky and it's time to squash this shit. So I just sent him a message. We're not even friends on, on Facebook or social media. I sent him a message. I said, Hey, so-and-so it's good seeing you tonight. Wish we could have talked after the show, but you had to leave early. Um, why don't you come down and do my show sometime and we can bury the hatchet. He reached back out. Hey, dude, I'd love to. And then we set it up. He's going to be doing my show, Our Righteous Mike. And going forward, that's just how I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be diplomatic. You know what I mean? If you get anything from that story, basically, the man was being very cocky and arrogant with me. He obviously has an opinion of me that warrants his behavior towards me. So he has some sort of opinion of me. I have some sort of opinion of him. There's a bunch of budding heads. A bunch of budding head uh, fucking feelings and tensions going on. So I open up the door for discussion. Hey, yo, just come down and do my show. We'll bury the hatchet. We'll talk it out. Cool. He's going to come down and do my show. And with that lady in the audience, I could have tore her head off. I could have been rude, obnoxious, mean, uh, insulting. But, you know, I just let her talk. Then I found the little opening. Oh, yeah, you want to teach me something, huh? I bet you could teach me something. 55-year-old woman like you? God damn. You know? And 
you know, I let it go, basically. I let it go. I didn't take the bait of, I know she was throwing negative energy at me. I know she was being a arrogant little bitch. I knew that. But I didn't fucking take the bait. And that's what it is sometimes in life. It's like learning to have the patience not to take the bait. Because people are always trying to reel you in with their nonsense. Trying to reel you in. You know, trying to fish you into their bullshit. And it's like sometimes you just got to have the patience to back up off it. So, feeling pretty good. I handled it diplomatically because when I walked out of the show last night, I wasn't feeling very good. You know, I had an okay set. It was good for what it was. You know, I handled myself up there. It was funny. It was fine. But I was just kind of in a shitty mood. And then I said to myself, fuck it. Let's let's get to the bottom of this. Let's deal with this. So I reached out and I repaired a relationship. Hopefully we become good buddies in the future. Whatever. Water off a duck's ass. Quack. You know, and even with that dude too, I didn't take the bait. I had the patience. I had the patience not to take the bait because I'm a comedian too, buddy. He's on stage there. Ram churan, why scrub a toilet anywhere else? I don't know if that's a joke, but it's definitely intended to be like an insult, demeaning, condescending, you know, publicly bringing, you know, I'm obviously there in the vein of a comedian. Yet you're trying to tell the audience that I'm a janitor scrubbing toilets. Which I have janitor jokes, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the show, I joke about being a janitor all the time. It's not something I'm ashamed of. Like I told you, all I got in this world is my word and my balls. And I don't break them for nobody, Sosa. Like Scarface, man. And um, I don't bust my balls for nobody, bro. So it's just like, I didn't take the bait. Because I could have shot back at him, bro. Like, Because basically... He's trying to be insulting towards me. Well, I can insult you back. I could have said some things that were funny and very mean. Very mean. Because I can. sometimes you see where people hurt, right? Sometimes you can see where people hurt. He obviously can't see where I hurt, and he doesn't know where I hurt because he's trying to make fun of the fact that I'm a janitor. Well, I make fun of the fact that I'm a janitor. I don't even care about that. I'm grateful to be a janitor, so you're not hurting me. But I know where he's hurt, and I could see it. And, um, but I chose not to. I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. That's not who I want to be. I don't even want to say it right now because it's like, I know what I could have said to him. That would have hurt, but fuck it. That's not who I am. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I leave it on stage. Let the audience decide. You know what I mean? Fuck your ego. Fuck your attitude. Fuck whatever. Do the patrons like you? Does the paying audience find you funny? Let them decide. Other than that, what does it fucking mean? Anyway. So it was fun. The patience of um, knowing when to have patience. (laughs) You know, it's all these little things that are so seemingly obvious, but they're hard to follow. Anyway. Moving forward, I'm very excited for today. It's a beautiful fucking sunny Saturday morning. I'm going to go outside, live my life, do this, do that. Hallelujah. Um, You know uh, what I got planned for the day, yeah. Get a workout in. 
Couple interesting things coming up for me too is I want to buy a new bike. Yes. Get a bike, get on the road, pedal around, go see the beautiful Toronto, city of Toronto with all their beautiful bike lanes and bullshit. Yep, that's a new thing coming up for me. I'm going to be buying a bike soon. Uh, I want to get my driver's license. I had a driver's license before, but um, I've always been so drunk that like I never drove. So like, I, as a, like that's one at least that's one responsible thing about me is that when I had a license, I'm like, you know what? I'm just a drunk, and there's no point in me even trying to drive because I'm drunk every day. So, <laughs> so um, I never got the opportunity to drive much when I had my license. So now I have to go in, retrain, get a new license, and um, that'll that'll be fun too. New blessing. And um, you know, feeding the birds. Maybe go feed a couple birds in the park, sit down, have a coffee, do some writing, feed the birds. There's a bylaw, though, in Toronto where it's like, don't feed the birds. It's trying to tell you not to feed the birds. And uh, there's these signs everywhere. Sign, sign, everywhere a sign. Taking up the grass and blowing my mind. Don't do this, do that. Can't you read the sign? Sign everywhere, man. And I'm going to look it up right now. Why reasons not to feed the birds? Give me a moment here. Reasons not to feed birds. See if they even have a point to their little fucking thing. People love to feed birds and squirrels, chipmunks, deers, even bears and sharks. Four reasons you shouldn't feed the birds or any animals. Feeding can lead to injured animals and people. What? I've never been attacked by a pigeon. Oh no, it's going to kill me. Feeding alters the natural behavior of animals. What? They're city birds. They scavenge through dumpsters. One time I saw a seagull eating a pizza pizza. Saw a fucking seagull eating a pizza pizza. Well, I guess that does alter their natural behavior. When was the last time you saw a fucking seagull standing in line at Domino's? Anyway. Uh, feeding can make animals sick. <laughs> they live outdoors. And they eat garbage. I'm sure if I throw some bird seeds on the ground, it's not going to give them pneumonia. Calm the fuck down. Feeding can even lead to animals being killed. You've given me no good reasons here. Fuck off. I'm still feeding the birds. Sun, sun, everywhere sun. Anyways, hallelujah. Love my birds. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramprey, reporting line for duty on this magnificent June 15th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Hey, sometimes you gotta have the patience in life to squash a beef, reconnect with people, and um, have the patience to be the best version of yourself. Because it takes patience to have all the things that are um, good in you you know sometimes your anger and your temper is going to be tested and you have to have the patience to be the best version of yourself hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com you got any questions queries or qualms hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com again our righteous mike that's a comedy show that i produce here in toronto check out the website for information we'd love to have you Till next time, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.